Welcome to Box to Box Football. Welcome Box to Box Football International Week edition. And JJ, I guess you and I are the international uh, week guys on this on this show, as it as it turns out. Um, but uh, as always, we're we're happy to be here. We got some things to to run down uh, as the international break starts to run down before uh, league play gets gets kicked back up on the weekend. Uh, but we are going to start here in uh, in the states where the the U.S. had a friendly against Germany. That that game was played in East Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, in Germany, it comes out a three one victory. The U.S. actually took the lead in that game through Christian Pulisic in the twenty seventh minute. Uh, Gundogan equalized for Germany six minutes before halftime, and then second half goals from Fulkrug and uh, Musiala give the Germans a a three one win. Um, I I just wanted to to take a minute, few minutes off the top to react to, to that game. Uh, and, and obviously, look, you're not judged in, in by an October 2023 friendly window. Um, it is not the final determination of what this U.S. team is going to be or even what this German team is going to be for Euro 2024. But I thought it was a good uh, you know, barometer test for, for both teams considering where they are. Germany had not been playing well, uh, just made the coaching change uh, from Hansi Flick to, to Julian Nagelsmann. Obviously, um, they, they beat France in their last game under an interim, but this was uh, Nagelsmann's first game as a, a as a head coach. Greg Berhalter, his second go-around now with the U.S. after uh, that sort of what's called funky hiring process um, in which he, he got the job back. And, uh, you know, I actually thought the U.S. started started well in this game. Played a pretty good first 30 minutes. Pulisic scored a really nice goal uh, in this game. And actually, you know, if you listen to, to some of the quotes after, he actually had one before that called offside. He insists he was onside. Greg Berhalter came out today uh, and said they went back and watched it and he was onside, but no VAR and a friendly. Um, so obviously it gets, it gets ruled off. Uh, but then Germany, you know, kind of scores a, uh, a scruffy goal right before uh, uh, halftime, and then the U.S. had to make some changes going into the second half. Gio Reyna, who made his return to the side after uh, his falling out with with Greg Berhalter. Uh, obviously, he had some injuries as well. Uh, he's only played 26 minutes this year from Dortmund, so he got the first 45. He looked pretty good, I thought. Uh, and then he had to come out uh, of the game. He was on a minutes restriction. Obviously, you can't. You don't have another player uh, in your pool at this time that can kind of do the things he do- does. So it's a little bit of a tactical tweak. The U.S. a little, for me, a little too passive in that second half. They let Germany, you know, really come on to them, defended maybe a little bit too deeply uh, and, and got punished for it. And I think it, it was similar in a lot of ways to that Netherlands game in the World Cup where the U.S. had some good moments, particularly uh, uh, attacking moments. But when you switch off in the back against a team like Germany, you're going to, you know, you're going to get hurt. A team like the Netherlands, you're going to get hurt because they have the quality to do that. They don't need, uh, you know, five, six chances to, to score a goal. Uh, and, and just, I guess, the, the disappointing thing uh, about this game for me was that this is the kind of team you're going to have to beat in the World Cup, whether it be in the round of 16 or a quarterfinal um, or, or even, you know, you make it all the way to a semifinal. You're going to have to beat a team like Germany. And it requires, um, you know, full concentration for for 90 minutes. You can't have lapses defensively because these teams are too good, they're too skilled, and and they're going to hurt you. And that has got to be what the the U.S. takes out of this game. 
All right, so that was four minutes before I get my that, first. Was that, that, was a, like, that was like a four-minute <laughs> soliloquy right there. Uh, <laughs> I don't have much to add to that. One, because I was working, uh, so I did not watch the match. And two, I revert back to the statement that I said a few weeks ago. The first, in the first um, actual sort of review from me is going to come after November when the U.S. plays technically, you could say, quote unquote, matches that are competitive because there'll be a Nations League quarterfinal slash also the qualification process for the Copa America. So with that being said, I'll always revert to this as well. No Tyler Adams makes a huge difference for this U.S. men's national team. He's still very much getting back to full fitness after a long-term injury uh, that he sustained back in the spring. For me, it's a different team when he's not in the field. Pulisic's goal was a banger. Absolutely. Um, you'd love about like 16 more carbon copies of that for both club and country for the rest of this yeah. uh, this season. But great. You know, it's a... <laughs> It's an exercise. It's going to be the same thing on Tuesday against Ghana. They're not trying to build it up for anything more than it is. I don't want this to sound negative. I'm just being someone that's in the reality. Mike Samsel will have his things that he'll say it as well when he does say them and we'll hear it. And for me, it's, yeah, it, it's a thing that happened. Not great weather conditions. They'll go to Nashville, which I believe it's supposed to be better, but um, I'm happy for the Hartford support that it was a very full crowd yep. proving once again that not New England, guys. This is not New England we're marketing. This <laughs> is the state of Connecticut. Please say it correctly. We are in Connecticut, not New England. Connecticut has good soccer taste, good soccer support. And we, we moved to the or I at least moved to the next. Yeah, and I, I just say the only two wins under Burhalter against uh European opposition is Northern Ireland and Bosnia. And that Bosnia game was a January friendly. So obviously they've got to figure out a, a way when they play European teams, um, how, how to play against them and, and how to, to get victories. Obviously they played very well against England in that, in that world cup game. You might even say they had the, the better of the play in that game. Uh, so they've done it in flashes, but they've got to do it consistently. And look, and I get it. It's hard to schedule these games. Uh, particularly because of all the different competitions now with uh, European qualifying and Nations League, and there's going to be European World Cup qualifying. Uh, so so you, these opportunities to play Germany don't come along that often. Uh, so, yeah, so obviously you want to win every game that, that you play, but I, I do think there were there some things I like, particularly in that first half, uh, and things that they can build on and, and learn on. You're right about Tyler Adams. Unfortunately, he looks like he's going to be out for a while for, for Bournemouth there, which is a big loss for them too because they're really struggling in the in the Premier League that he never really got going. He played a little bit of a second half of a, of a Carabao Cup game. Uh, but you can see when they don't have him, they don't have that number six who sits in front of the back four. They're kind of playing with two eights, Musa and McKenney. Neither one of them is a natural six. And then, you know, Reina's more of a, a, a 10. And then obviously Anthony Robinson was out as well. Um, you know, he's been a little banged up playing with Fulham. So they had to, uh, you know, you play in Serginho Dest against great going forward, not a great matchup against Leroy Sané, uh, you know, run at you from that, from that right-hand side. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Like you said, it's, it's, it's a game that, that it's a friendly, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean much. We'll learn, we'll, we'll, we'll judge them by what they do in competitive games. So that's, that's a wrap. Stateside, 
let's jump to Europe where I want to run down uh, some of the Euro qualifying. Let's and we'll get a, your thoughts, JJ, as we, we run down the teams that have qualified. Uh, and and uh, I'll give you that list right now. Obviously, Germany is the host. Uh, Belgium is in obviously a a a a bad situation there. That game against Sweden was abandoned today at halftime. Um, a lot of craziness in, in the world right now, you know, and just a, a sad, sad situation that, that we wish we didn't have to come on here and, and, and talk about. France is in as the, the, the winner of Group B. Portugal has won Group J. Spain and Scotland have both qualified as the top two in Group A. Uh, Turkey has secured itself a, uh, one of the top two spots in Group D. And Austria out of Group F as one of the top two. Yeah. All right. So let's kind of dive into it and some of the matches that I, in addition to that, that I highlight as well from this past weekend to keep an eye on. First off, still very much all to play for in Group G right now because Hungary got the result that they needed 2-1 over Serbia, um, including uh, Salai got his goal because it always seems that he finds the back of the net for the Hungarians. Uh, Italy bouncing back and kind of putting... You know, some things right a little bit, which is going to set up a tasty, tasty match on Tuesday against England. And it seems like, well, winner doesn't completely go through all the way, but very much likely that is going to be the case. Um, Today, there was a bunch of fun matches um, that... I said Luxembourg, right? Remember Luxembourg still very much alive. Sadly, no longer the case because Slovakia got that one nil victory in a packed stadium there. Uh, doesn't really seem likely that the Luxembourgians are going to be coming back. And then, yeah, the all eyes to Athens where it was Greece who basically had themselves the, the win and pretty much you're in, in a group that involves the Netherlands and France. And I was speaking to a friend about this. The Greeks were passive to a P. They did not play well. They gave up a penalty. Odysseus Vlahidimos with an outstanding save on Vout Veghorst to keep it in. But when you look at the XG, uh, Greece finished with a .31. The Netherlands, well over two. They got a penalty, which there was about four different phases uh, to allow a penalty to happen because there were about four different fouls that occurred in the box simultaneously. Uh, for Van Dyke then to score. So pretty much the Netherlands are through there. Wales and Croatia, that's going to be a, a, a dog fight after Wales got the result against Croatia. Um, Harry Wilson, a couple of goals. Love to see it. I know you, you're, you'd be pretty happy about that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I love, and, like um, I, you just hope that that carries back over right to club form when, you know, a guy. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes if you're not scoring at the club, but if you could go to your national team and bang in a couple goals, get a little confidence, come back to the club, because, you know, that would certainly be be big for, for Fulham if he starts chipping in, in goals as well. Yeah, most definitely. So there's still, still a lot to play for, which is kind of crazy um, that we're now going to be going into match day seven or nine, depending on the group that you have. The, the England-Italy match is going to be there, obviously. I'm going to probably be keeping an eye on the Group G with Hungary, Serbia, to see who comes out of that, because that could be an absolute wild card. Uh, Montenegro still have a match in hand. Uh, yeah, it, it, this is going to be coming right down right down to the wire, really, yeah, um, yeah, in terms look, of who's going to get there. 
Yeah, I was looking at this. You know, you got England and Italy at, at Wembley, uh, and now you now Ukraine is is in third place in that group. Mm. You you assume Ukraine is going to win on the road in Malta, which means somebody's or both going to drop points in that England Italy game, right? Uh, but yep. then England finishes with Malta uh, at home. They're going to win that game, and then they got to go to North Macedonia while Italy and Ukraine play in a game in Germany on the final match day. Um, you know, sometimes that North Macedonia, they might be out of it, but you know, they'll be, they'll be pumped up to host England. Uh, sometimes that, those are the ones that sometimes can be a little tricky. You go into the Balkans like that, uh, tough, tough environment. Those can be the tricky road games in, in Europe. Again, that's something that we don't really have much here in North America. I mean, we do to some extent we if you got to go down to Central America. But like, yeah, yeah it, when these countries take to the field and they're playing for their shirt, I mean, it's just it's so much more that I wish that we kind of understood sure. a little bit more about. Um, we don't, sadly. I mean, I go back to the, the Luxembourg-Slovakia match. I mean, you know, these are two country slovakia remember they they were in the world cup in 2010 and they kind of had themselves a little bit of a golden generation coming through and then you have luxembourg who are just been building through the nation's league and you have two teams basically in a win and in type format in a group that was portugal and then everyone was thinking iceland and even bosnia who are still not you know they're they're kind of past the um their current big generation right now, but they still have something with them. Like that's not a place I'd envy going to, especially on a Tuesday night when you're thinking, you know, as a player the following week, you have a champions league match in Madrid or some along those lines. You got to grind out these games. Like this is, I know they say that the South American qualifying section is probably the toughest in the world, but don't put it past in Europe where you've got to play, 20 matches every four-year cycle between the world cup qualifying and euros qualifying not to mention the nation's league matches where you're trying to get results night in night out yeah let me just run down the teams that are in the playoff places right now again it's kind of a convoluted formula to to get there but these are the teams also that are that are in the playoff places croatia and poland those are the teams out of league a again uh israel bosnia and herzegovina finland ukraine iceland out of league b League C, Georgia, Greece, Kazakhstan, and your boys Luxembourg are in one of the playoffs place, places right there. Uh, and then Estonia out of League D. So those teams will be paired off, um, whomever those playoff teams are. And there'll be two semifinals, and then there'll be a final. And that's how you'll get the last three um, entries into that uh, the, the Euro field. All right, let's, let's move on to South American qualifiers, uh, which is... Boy, it's, it's South American qualifiers are basically like a, a league, right? So it's every team is in there. You play everybody home, home and away. So it's so it's basically like this this big giant uh, league format. Give me one second. This is riveting podcasting. Uh, no, it, it's a gauntlet. I'll help you out. So when after we, as I pull up the results yeah. here, after we recorded pretty much every match hadn't kicked off yet bar one the colombia uruguay match i believe yep. wrapped up right as we ended which was yep, Colombia to uruguay too yep, i got him right here colombia to uruguay two. colombia had a man sent off finished with 10 ecuador two bolivia one argentina one nil over paraguay chile two nil over peru and brazil a one one uh against venezuela 
So that leaves us the standings for the Conor Noble after three match days, and they'll play the fourth one um, uh, tomorrow. Is Argentina, three wins from three on nine points. Brazil, seven points, two wins in a draw. Uh, Colombia's got five. Uruguay, Chile, Venezuela with four each and a bit of a long jam there. Ecuador, three. Paraguay, one. Peru, one. And then Bolivia, who's always seemingly to be bringing up the South American table uh, with no points. Uh, But, uh, JJ, just your thoughts on the the South American, where they stand. Again, match day four uh, is coming up tomorrow. Uh, so Venezuela, Chile, Paraguay, Bolivia, Ecuador, Colombia, Uruguay, Brazil. That's probably the uh, the the game of the the round right there. And then Peru and Argentina. Yeah, I mean, you said it. It's going to be that Uruguay Brazil match because Uruguay, who um, had to get a late late Darwin Nunez uh, equalizer from the spot after you talked about how Vene- uh, Colombia had a man sent off. So. That for Uruguay, it's okay. Thank you very much. We'll take, we'll sneak the point out of the country and we go back home to a Brazil team that, you know, as you said, it's a gauntlet, right? So yep. you never quite know what type of Brazil team you're going to get on a day because at the end of the day, and even now with the expanded field, you don't even have to finish in the top half anymore yep. to qualify. You, you finish six and you're good. You finish seventh out of 10 teams and you're going to get a playoff spot for the, uh, Excuse me, the intercontinental phase, which we'll never find out until like about a, a year before it actually happens. But yeah, Brazil on the road in Montevideo at the Estadio Centenario, a, not an easy place to go play at all. Um, you actually look at the the team form uh, over the last five competitive and friendly matches for the last. Uruguay is actually the team that's in pretty decent form right now. Um, so I, I'd maybe edge that one for them a little bit. Yep. And, uh, let's stay on this hemisphere. We're going to run down, uh, CONCACAF Nations League, uh, which we kind of mentioned at the top, but these games do have significance because the teams that, that come out of league a, the top two are going to advance to this, um, quarterfinal phase, which are actually also not only going to be. Uh, home and away quarterfinals for the the, the CONCACAF Nations League. They're also going to serve as qualifiers for the Copa America that's going to be in the in the U.S. Um, and the winners of those quarterfinals will qualify automatically, and then the losers will still kind of get a backdoor yeah. uh, path where they'll play another set of games to to get in. So if you're if you remember, the U.S., Mexico, Canada, and Costa Rica have have auto qualified for. The quarterfinals. So those four countries don't have to go through this group phase of the Nations League. But in Group A, Trinidad and Panama are out to the lead uh, with nine points and seven points, respectively. Uh, and that's also a, a group that includes Martinique, Guatemala, Curaçao, and El Salvador. Curaçao and El Salvador have actually both already been relegated uh, to the to League B. Uh, and in Group B, Jamaica and Honduras, 10 points and seven points, respectively, have the lead. Suriname five, Cuba five, and then Haiti and Grenada have both been relegated out of that. And it's kind of a funky thing because it's not a true home at home where you play everybody because they don't have enough uh, time in the international calendar. Yeah. Uh, so, so you only play four matches and that's how it, how it gets determined. And weirdly enough, so they're calling it this quote unquote Swiss format, but you didn't, there's some teams that played each other twice in yeah. that as well home and away which i i don't understand i think they had a feeling that they could have maybe started this 
yeah. I don't know, a little sooner, but you could have at least had the true, okay, maybe not home and home, but get five matches in there probably could have made sense. I don't know. That's just me. I'm not the one that makes the schedule up. But yeah, I mean, it seems like everything's kind of coming to the forefront on the way that it ha- would have played out. Jamaica, solid. Yep. You know, not really going to knock on them. You know, credit to Suriname, actually. You know, five points from them, a country ranked 145th in the world. Um, you know, they they dub, it, put down Granada very comfortably, 4-0 in that last one. Get a draw at home to Haiti. Um, also get a, another, yeah. And again, here's where you're playing some teams twice, which again, doesn't make any sense, but one, one at home, the, um, Granada back in September. So job done for them. Haiti getting only one point from, um, or excuse me, three points on three draws from four matches, a little bit surprising as it seems like they're, you never quite know what you're going to get. Um, but it seems like they've been regressing slowly, which is, kind of disappointing um curacao and el salvador as you said already going down in this uh nation's league format i think for el salvador it's just been plummeting with what uh, hugo perez who we we never really know if he's in or out <laughs> because half the time he says well he's on his way out and then the other times well here he is he's still managing don't really get that uh curacao remember they were right on the yeah. precipice of qualifying yeah, just, for the octagonal and it just they never build on that. Yeah, um, it didn't, um, but yeah, Trinidad. I mean, it's good to see that they're the, the, finding yeah, I ways. Don't, I don't think there are any surprises out of this from the four teams who no. advanced: Trinidad, Panama, Jamaica, Honduras. Those are probably the four teams. It, it I would have I might have said. I might have said Guatemala in Group A. It well, it it wouldn't put it past me that Martinique finds a way because they play El Salvador on the road who are done not playing for anything. Panama plays Guatemala, who there is a pathway for them. It's not very likely, but there is a pathway for them to get through. So they don't write that off quite yet. There's, yeah. there's still very much something to play for. Speaking of things to play for, I know, JJ, you wanted to talk about the FA Cup draw. First yes. round, which is, oh, one of my, yeah. which is one of my favorite rounds of the FA Cup, too, is, is the first round. Um, we're going to see a lot of non-league sides in this, uh, see some of the, the, the football league teams as, as well come in at this stage. Yep. Um, just what, what stood out to you about this, this first round? Okay. So for those that are unfamiliar stateside, apologies in advance for those listening overseas that know everything that I'm about to talk about. I'm just going to run it down very briefly to get into the FA cup competition for teams that are semi-professional or the fifth through 10th tier of the English pyramid. You have to play as many as six qualification matches just to get into the competition. This past weekend was the fourth qualifying round, which will introduce at this stage, the fifth tier teams, or for those that are fans of welcome to Wrexham, Wrexham's league in the context of season two. That's all I'll say about that. Um, But yeah, so you had all those matches going this past weekend. And then after the results, and we still have outstanding replays to be played on Tuesday night to get a handful of teams through to that first round proper. The first round proper draw was made this past weekend. A couple of notable ones um, where we have at least two teams from the eighth tier of English football, where you have Ramsgate, which is based in the Isthmian League Southeast Division. So that's 
Again, you're talking three promotions to the National League. And then you also have Cray Valley, same concept. And there still could be one other eighth tier side, Sheppy United, who has to go into a replay to get there. But there are some nice rewards for a few teams. Ramsgate, one of those eighth tier. They'll either have Hemel Hempstead Town, who's in the National League South, or Woking in the National League. Home game guaranteed. What that means, folks, money, TV rights, possibly. A, a very good gate as well, because at this stage, you um, you split the attendance 50-50. Uh, so if you're a non-league team, you want to be playing a football league side. And at this stage of the competition, the first round, you have EFL League 2 and EFL League 1 teams that enter. So you could be playing as high as if you're an eighth-tier team, teams five tiers above you in EFL League 1, which we do not have that directly. But Sheppy United, if they get through their replay against Billericay Town, will host Walsall in the uh, fourth tier in EFL League 2. Uh, you will have... Uh, there was one big standout for me. Hang on one second. I know again, oh, here we go. Yeah, we do actually have one. The uh, uh, Cray Valley is going to go to Charlton Athletic. Big stadium. Big, big, big yep. stadium. Former, former, at, Premier, former Premier League team. Former, the Valley former Premier League ground. So all of a sudden, if you're Cray Valley, you've got a payday coming. And likely that's going to get selected for television. So... Good on them. Our friends Marine, yes, that Marine FC, who is named not after a town, but after a hotel in Liverpool. Uh, they were the side that hosted Tottenham in the third round behind closed doors in the 2021 season where they had over 30,000 people buy virtual tickets for that match. Um, and I have it on good authority because I had a friend that went to Marine's ground last year. They've done a really nice job upgrading some of the facilities, including the brand new clubhouse, which that should also stay for Americans. Clubhouse means kind of like a like a, a, a bar room. restaurant type okay. thing, not not the locker not the room locker. area. Oh, the, gotcha. They did locker room, but the clubhouse is where you can serve food and food. drinks and you make money. Uh, so Marine have a home match against Harrogate Town, which is a team three tiers above them in EFL. League two. Uh, let's see. Is there any other big ones out there? You got need a market in the seventh tier. If they win their replay, we'll go to Chester. Uh, there's one other one in there because it made headlines for kind of the, the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> well, I'll get to the, the wrong reasons Wait. first. It was a team that played um, Dorking Wanderers. So for those that are familiar with the bunch of amateurs uh, YouTube page, Yes, Mark you saw White. The, the video, right, of the coach? Yes, okay, and the club is Horsham. I should have remembered this right from the top. The ESPN Premier League team won 2-0 against Dorking, which, by the way, it's another fascinating story about Dorking where they have a British record of 12 promotions in something like 23 years. Like, they're legitimately playing, like, the bottom level of Sunday and Saturday football and made their way up to the national league and Mark white absolutely tore his team a new one. And for those that are familiar, he does this on the regular. This one just happened to hit mainstream. Um, but um, yep. It's my favorite coach, time of the year. How many coaches do you think have wanted to say that about after a game about their team? Probably been said a few times, maybe many times, <laughs> just this one happened to land and yeah, they get the coverage because of their, uh, the outstanding YouTube channel that documents uh, you, you that club. What? That's probably good for them. Like, 
you know, you know, like no, no, they say no news is no press is bad press sometimes. Like, I think that's one of these, these cases because people are now actually looking up doking wanderers. Dorking wanders. Dorking wanders. Like, people are actually Googling them yeah. because of what their coach said. So, I actually think, like, yeah, like as a player, you probably don't feel so good that your coach went out yeah. and said that in public. Hey. But, eh. but you know what? They're non league. Maybe non leaguers have a different, uh, different approach hey, to it. they're, they're like, playing you know the what? national league so they're successful and the yeah. team that beat them horsham they get a date with barnsley yeah. in league one you, you know what one of my favorite things two things i love about the, the early rounds of the fa cup one the names of the clubs that that okay. you can run down and read like you just read off some of these these names and they're great the the slough town ebbs fleet united kitterminster harriers like great i love the names of these, these well remember teams. kitty by the way they they played West Ham in the, was the fourth round at home and had a late, they were basically through and West Ham scored with, I think it was Declan Rice, like right at the death to force extra time. And they would have won that match. I mean, Braintree Town, Curzon Ashton, Sully Home Moors. Like, how can you, I, I love it. I love it. And then the second thing is when you get these, these and, and these sometimes come in the second and the third round, but when you have these lower division teams and they, they host teams for the Premier League or the championship and you get on these kind of like bumpy grass pitches that are the great equalizer and it takes you back to your day like when you were a kid and you were going out and playing youth games before like everybody had a turf field, that right? Like now in, in the in the US at least, everybody's got a turf field. You show up to a game, you play on a uh, on a turf field. But we used to play games and you would be on these like these sometimes they were kind of bumpy, sometimes they were kind of muddy, and you, and you go out and you and you see this, and then you see the fans are right up close on top of you. Sometimes these these uh, these little like lower league stadiums are right in the middle of a neighborhood, and you've got like the houses that lean over, yeah. people are up at, hanging out the windows, and they're on the roofs. And I love that. I love watching those games. Yeah. So this this is my final kind of charge to those that are listening, and maybe for people on this side of the pond in North America that don't know much about what we're talking about. Um, as I sit here wearing my hashtag United Jersey, who are proud members of the it's me and premier league seventh tier of English football. If you have the opportunity to go overseas or if you're, you know, in continental Europe and you want to make a trip to England, it's all fine. Well, and good to go to a premier league side championship side, what have you. Also take the time to go to a non-league football club because these are the people, first off, semi-professional players, they have nine to five jobs and they show up on a Tuesday and a Thursday to train and then on the weekends to play. Then you have people that run the club that are basically more often not volunteers that just love the game. These are people that genuinely want to be there. And for people that go to matches, those hard-earned dollars all of a sudden can fuel a lot of things for these clubs. Um, whether it is, you, you, I mentioned earlier about Marine and how that money that they raise from that behind closed doors match where they're able to fix a few things and you know make the clubhouse what they want it to be and ways that they could generate revenue. Turning a grass field that you're talking about into a three or a 4G pitch because guess what? You can rent that out seven nights a week, turn the lights on, you make money off of it. So. These clubs, they're run by people that love the game. They're played by players that love the game. And honestly, for a tenor, as opposed to paying 50 or 60 American dollars to go watch a championship-level match or a Premier League-level match, you're going to get 
a pretty good level of entertainment and also a pretty good standard of play as well. So if you go overseas, go to England, go to the big stadiums, but make the time to go to a, a, a small semi-pro non-league, whatever you call it team. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're supporting Kidderminster Harriers here, by the way. So we gotta, we gotta well, find whatever the yeah, song well, in the chant is for them. You, you're supporting it. I'm, I'm supporting I'm, I'm wearing, am. I'm wearing the, I'm, the that's shirt my, of the team that that's I that's my yeah. team in the FA cup. Now the Kidderminster Harriers, I got to find what the, uh, I got to go figure out where they're at. I got to find the song and, and the chant for, for them and whatever they do, but that's my team. Go Kidderminster, go Harriers. Thanks for following us on box to box football. Um, you know how to find us, Instagram, Twixter, Spotify. That's where we're at. Um, thanks again for the international break. We'll be back later this week. Probably be a different crew on Thursday. Uh, and they will take you through the next match week, uh, previewing looking ahead to the Premier League. Thanks. See you, see you next time.